0: Welcome home. This is Audio EXP for the 4th of December 2021 and the title of this episode is Struggles and Zombie Minks." Forgotten Adventures is in the spotlight this month, as voted for by patrons. That's because they won last month's vote. What happens next is I will use their patron to try and get in touch. They have their social media linked up and nearly 10,000 supporters. That's enough for nearly 20 grand each time the team publishes. Impressive, huh? It may well be the case that they don't have time for Geek Native, but I'll try and spotlight them without a Q&A if it comes to that. If you are a Geek Native patron, then you can now vote for who might appear in the spotlight next month. As usual, there are five choices, and they are Atomic Ninja Studios as If Productions, Michael Trescia, Tortoise and Hair Creations, and the game Tile Warehouse. All those made the shortlist because they've not been nominated before, and because they've been recently active on Drive-Through RPG. The latter means that they are more likely to respond if I email them. There's no point trying to communicate with someone who abandoned their RPG Studios email address many years ago. However, If third-party creators from the DMs Guild are more your thing, I've good news. Lots of it. At the end of this podcast, I'll tell you about a DMs Guild free money competition that I'm running. Firstly, until the 12th of December, 10% of proceeds from DMs Guild sales are being donated to the Dots RPG project. This not-for-profit makes Braille dice and helps to make RPGs accessible in other ways. They've recently been added to the DM's list of causes that publishers could support, and it's great to see one bookshelf getting in on the action. Secondly, also until the 12th, the code DECGEEK10, all capitals, will get you 10% off any DM's purchase of digital and community content stuff that costs more than $10. In other words, you can't use that coupon on a $5 one-shot adventure, and you can't use it on a print-on-demand or Wizards of the Coast content, but find a third-party download that's worth at least £10 this week, and buying it puts $1 back in your pocket, and $1 goes to dots. I feel the love, but I can tell you who isn't, and that's fandom. They run all those wikis, and they own D&D Beyond. I predict, they'll want to take on One Bookshelf and even Roll20 in due course. They own a 5e alternative called Cortex, a rule system from Carbanks. This week was the launch of the Cortex license. Just as Wizards of the Coast have a license to let third party creators publish and sell via the DMs Guild, Fandom wants to do the same for Cortex. That license was released and it wasn't popular. What was promised was a healthy and supportive community. When RPG creators began to pick at the legalese in the fandom license, they didn't like what it seemed to say. It seemed to give fandom ownership of anything other people created if they wanted it, including game mechanics. It seemed to use a language sometimes used as code for anti-LGBTQ talk. It also banned creators from listing their content under certain conditions, on sites like DriveThruRPG and H. I guess the first thing to say is fandom and fandom tabletop have said, er, we'll look into this. Okay, they didn't use those words, but I don't get the sense that they're picking this hill to die on. They clearly need creators, and if the license won't work for creators, then the ball is back in fandom tabletop's court. I guess we'll have to see what their lawyers say and these lawyers will be more used to taking the user-generated content on wikis and framing a license agreement that allows the company to sell ads on those same pages. It's also the case that the Cortex creator studio isn't live yet. That's not just a drive through RPG and each competitor, but also a toolkit to help creators produce and publish Cortex stuff. It's long delayed, but the world has been bizarre for many years. There's a silver lining here, I think, too. Firstly, it's clear that RPG creators are the type to poke the legal text and mobilize when they see something that doesn't look fair or right. and This is good. And secondly, and for Fandom Tabletop, this is publicity. Okay, it's not great publicity, but I've never seen awareness of the Cortex Creator Studio so high. Previously, and frankly, at times it felt like I was the only geek speculating about this. Remember back at the start of the year, when Fandom bought the marketplace Fanatical and I got all excited about it. I was told I was being daft. Well, maybe I was, but I still sense the potential for game-changing ecosystem shifts here. By the way, it's Fandom Struggles this week that have inspired the half-title of this podcast. There may be game-changing ecosystem potential, but it will be a struggle. It might also just be a whiff of a struggle but Roll20 did their first ever Cyber Monday sale this week. It's on until next weekend, and it drops the cost of annual subscriptions. The news will suck if you just missed it and renewed. But why did Roll20 take park this week? Astral Tabletop is now on hold, but it does lurk under One Bookshelf's protective arm. Demiplane is partnered with Tailspire and is launching Pathfinder Nexus, and the World of Darkness Nexus. Fantasy Grounds is the established on the software front and you can buy content for it from the DMs Guild and Foundry VTT seems to be going great guns with its buy once and use forever model. That's just a handful of the plentiful competitors. I don't know why World 20 did Black Cyber Weekend deals, but it feels like a response to robust competition. Can Disney and Marvel compete with Hasbro and Wizards of the Coast? The parent companies have a close working relationship, but Marvel is getting back into RPGs and not with a 5e superhero game. The Marvel Multiverse RPG Playtest will be on sale next year. Yes, the playtest book, not the complete core rules You have to pay to take part in the playtest. Marvel has relationships with geeky stores worldwide and knows how to sell. They've had to develop that skill in order to survive until the success of their movies and the Disney deal. One tactic is variant covers. You can get one from Amazon, but there are others available restricted to certain stores. Some fans might buy more than one, some might seek out one in particular. I noticed both the Momoko variant and the Lubera variant listed on Forbidden Planet, new this week. That's the heads up, by the way. If you are collecting covers, or you want one in particular, the pre-orders are open. I have no idea whether they'll sell out, but I guess they could. It also means at least three different covers for a playtest. I wonder how many different covers for the full multiverse RPG there will be. Not that variant covers are exclusive to Marvel. Modiphius did many for June, and this week I reviewed the D-Sanction, and I got my edition from Kickstarter. It's a hardback cover. I don't think you can get anywhere else. At the very least, it's a variant. The D-sanction is an RPG worth your time from Jess Crunch Games. That's the team from the Cthulhu hack, and all rolled up. The game is set in Tudor England, and your character has been caught practicing magic. As a result, you are conscripted into the country's struggle against the return of the supernatural. It's not as doom-laden as a Cthulhu game, but your PC is only slightly supernatural and really shouldn't be going toe-to-toe with monsters. Also, from the investigators poking their noses into the supernatural family of RPGs, is Brindlewood Bay. I've never played it, and never had the chance to be a retired old lady who pits her wits against occult foes. Maybe one day. And perhaps when I get to play, I will have the new edition, and yes, the new cover, The Gauntlet announced this week. It's going into print. Sometimes there's a long gap between those first editions and the latest print. Pathfinder dates back to 2007, and some of those original books are lost, and many are certainly out of print. The good news is that a partnership between Pasio and One Bookshelf's drive-through RPG is bringing them back. There are already 10 old Pathfinder titles now in the print-on-demand menu. And sometimes it's precisely a year between editions. Last year, Stormcrow's D2020 sold out. That large D20 was decorated with all sorts of weird notes from the year we had. This year, you guessed it, there's a 40mm commemorative D2021. Sides include Zombie Minx, Game's dunks, and Dogecoin. And there are even stickers to switch in a few alternatives, like Squid Game, if you prefer. In a way, I hope there's no need to do a D2022. Roving reporter John Harness went to SDCC Special Edition with a few geek-native missions. On the site, you can see clever ways in which some cosplayers took on the mask-ruling. Spoiler, uh, that means wearing a mask. But since we're talking about the trend of having weird years, let's dip into the cosplay trends evident at the in-person event. Millennial childhood favourites are in, but sexy cosplay is less popular. In fact, Jill snapped lots of clever gender swaps and even Harley Quinns that showed lots of imagination and skill rather than skin. Captain America and Spider Man are also in fashion, and there's a photograph of a Spider Man in his undies. So, that observation about showing skin clearly isn't a one size fits all rule, and it's a trend. Before we go, there are two bundles and that DM scale competition to tell you about. One bundle is the 10th Jingle Jam. In it, £35, which is about $50, will get you £650, or about maybe $900, worth of computer games, including some big ones. And more importantly, the Yogscast-backed event helps charities. Also helping charities, because we want everyone to be happy, are two paranoia RPG deals at the bundle of holding. Lastly, I have $20 of DMs Guild credits to give away. You need to pop over to the blog, And there are links in the show notes, log into the system and let me know how crucial third party content is for 5e. That gets you a chance to win the money. On that note, let's wrap there. Keep safe and good luck with your struggles, but you're on your own against the zombie mink. See you next time.